FM, the Ear Glue Media Network. You're listening to Simply Stogies, a monthly podcast dedicated to the cigar enthusiast. Light up a stogie, sit back and relax while James brings you along on his journey as a new cigar smoker. Simply Stogies will review cigars, discuss topics that cigar aficionados find important, and will probably learn a few things along the way. Now, here's your host of Simply Stogies, James. Welcome to Simply Stogies. I am your host, James. Before I begin this very special episode, I wanted to take a moment and thank Mike for being a part of episode six. He brought a lot of information to the table on how to review a cigar properly and what his process is, how he goes about it. Mike is not a podcaster. Mike reviews cigars. Please, Keep that in mind as you listen to this episode, as the audio quality may not be what you're used to. And as always, stay smoky. Welcome to Simply Stogies. I am your host, James. This week, or this episode, I have a very special guest we have with, with me today. Uh, via Skype, one of the reviewers over at burnone.net. He is also one of the uh, moderators at simplystogies.club. Mike, welcome to Simply Stogies. Hey, thanks for having me. Thank you so much for being on. We're going to talk today about how to review a cigar, what that process looks like, and then maybe a little bit about how to refine your palate. But before we do... There are a couple of housekeeping items that I need to discuss. Simply Stogies has a Patreon account. You can now support Simply Stogies three different ways. There are three tiers from $1 a month, $8 a month, all the way up to $25 a month. The goal for this Patreon account is to help me get out to events around the country, whether that's cigar fests or uh, barn burners, it doesn't matter. If I can get out and talk to manufacturers, can talk to industry reps, if I can talk to you, the cigar enthusiast, and interview you and get your point of view, that's just going to help this show become that much better. So help me help you by supporting me through Patreon. Certainly, thank you so much for listening. That is a huge uh, part of this. Part of my journey is becoming involved in the cigar community uh, through simplystogies.club, through the local club here that uh, uh, I had on this last episode, the Eastern Iowa uh, Cigar Appreciation Society, uh, but also the greater community at large. Uh, so uh, thank you for listening and visit uh, my, our Patreon. It will be in the show notes. Uh, I also want to plug uh, the Film Appraisers. The Film Appraisers is the newest podcast at EarGlueMedia.com. Go check them out. They are getting ready to, uh, I believe they're going to review the uh, the new John Wick movie. So make sure you go check that out. EarGlueMedia.com forward slash TFA. 
The Film Appraisers. Great podcast done by Joe Kane and uh, Josh McRae. Absolutely fantastic. I was on there for their second episode uh, where we reviewed Boondock Saints, one of my favorite movies. Uh, so head over to EarGlueMedia.com and check them out. Mike, have you ever seen Boondock Saints? I have, but it's been a long time. <laughs> All right. Uh, quickly, let's talk about cigar news. Maryland has become the 13th state to raise tobacco purchase age to 21. Um, Mike, how do you feel about that? Do you think that's a, a smart decision? How does that how do you think that impacts the cigar industry? I mean, I think it's probably a responsible choice, but um, as someone who started smoking cigars before I was 21, I know I wouldn't have appreciated it then. You know, I think it just kind of sets people up to be breaking the law when, you know, they don't need to be. Kind of like buying cigarettes, you know, a lot of states have, have raised that to 21 hours, cigars for that matter, tobacco in general. And, you know, if people are going to smoke when they're 18, they're going to smoke when they're 18. And that's, you know, that's just how it is. I don't disagree. Uh, that's why it's important to make sure that we're supporting our cigar rights. So head over to CigarRights.org and join the CRA today. Uh, they'll send you a couple of cigars for joining. Make sure you let them know that you heard about the CRA uh, on Simply Stogies. Yeah, I think it's important as a cigar community as a whole to get out there and make sure that we're uh, actively engaged in the fight for our rights to uh, smoke cigars. So now that that is all out of the way and all of the all of the the pomp and circumstance is done, let's get into the meat and potatoes here, Mike. So you've been reviewing cigars for how long? Uh, not terribly long. I mean, not compared to some people, probably maybe like four years. All right. So how long have you been a cigar smoker? I've been a cigar smoker for a lot longer than that. Probably. Uh, oof. Yeah, I mean, back to when I was 18 or 19. Do you remember your first cigar? My first one, I don't uh, specifically remember, but if I had to guess, I would say it was probably one of those white label Monte Cristos, uh, just because they looked right, and it, Monte Cristo is a name that everybody knows, so I probably just bought based on the name and how it looked. All right. Do you remember, what was the last cigar you had? Uh, the last cigar I had was uh, just this morning. Oddly enough, it was a uh, Cuban Monte Cristo. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. Nice. There's no comparison, is there? No, they are. Uh, they're wildly different, especially before Monte Cristo expanded their line. Uh, yeah, there's a there's a big difference. So, how did you get started on your cigar journey? So, um, I used to work in a uh, restaurant right out of high school, and my uh, manager there smoked cigars, and he would always provide me one whenever I wanted, and. Uh, then, oddly enough, I, I moved and worked at a, di a different restaurant, and the uh, the manager there only smoked uh, Cohibas, the, the real deal out of Cuba. And he had just a humidor in his office, told me whenever I wanted to go grab one. So, unfortunately, a lot of those Cohibas were wasted on, uh, you know, someone who didn't know what they were, what they were getting. But, um, yeah, it was uh, mostly influenced by, by people I knew. Wow. That's that's a heck of a boss right there. Yeah, no kidding. So you've been smoking cigars for a while. How did you develop your palate? Because you've really got to be able to taste some of the uh, nuances, some of the subtleties uh, mm -hmm. of the cigar in order to review it. So how did you develop that palate? Yeah, it's. Um, I'd say it's not something that happens overnight. You know, whether you're trying to 
you know, taste wine or whiskey or cigars or anything for that matter, you know, it's hard to pick up the nuances of things because, you know, people say wine tastes like wine or cigar tastes like a cigar or whatever. And, you know, a good example of that is, funnily enough, my mom, every so often, she'll want a cigar and she's like, why do you, why do you smoke these? They all just taste the same and, you know, whatever. But, uh, I think mostly I've learned by, um, just reading what other people have done, you know, reading other reviews, uh, constantly thinking about it when, you know, you're actually trying to taste a cigar, you know, pick up a flavor wheel or, uh, you know, something along those lines. And, um, you know, just, just really try to experience it rather than, you know, kind of gloss over the nuances. Do you remember what the worst cigar you've ever reviewed was? Yeah, absolutely. Um, there was a uh, a um, a theme a while back to do uh, reviews for uh, like factory seconds. You know the the cigars that get sold out of various factories for a buck or two. And so I had done that for a while, and I smoked like five or six, you know, second uh, cigars and. The absolute worst one was from Oliva. It was uh, their Seconds Liga G. And that cigar, it was just like a little perfecto. I mean, probably like three, four inches long, but it was wretched. (laughs) What about the best cigar you've ever reviewed? So the best is a little easier to answer. Um, You know, there's a lot of really good cigars out there. Um, Most recently, I would say... Some of the best cigars that I've reviewed would be uh, um, from HVC, the uh, La Rosa, the 520. That was an amazing cigar for such a great price point. I mean, I think it's only like 5 or $6, and it was phenomenal. I also really liked um, uh, Dapper's El Borracho. That is just an amazing cigar, along with uh, Black Label Trading Company Santa Muerte is one of my, my favorite smokes of all time. So let's talk about that for a minute, because you've, you've, you've brought up a couple of things that I kind of want to circle around to. So you've, you've talked about how you're, you develop your tastes and, and, and you've really got to smoke a lot in order to do that. Uh, but you've also talked about like the subjectiveness of it. Sure. So how does that come into play when you're reviewing a cigar, when you're trying to develop your palate, when you're trying to really taste the flavors? Certainly everyone's taste is a little bit different. So we talk about the worst cigar and the best cigar, and they're going to be wildly different for everybody. There's not like a universal standard. So how do you, when you're reviewing these cigars, how do you put aside those personal biases? How do you, uh, how, how do you try to stay true to what you're tasting? Well, I mean, I think you're right on there with like how reviews are subjective, which is why, I mean, despite, you know, me putting, hours of my life, you know, into putting these reviews together, no one should take them, you know, as the Bible for how a cigar should, should taste or, you know, even like what expectations it'll live up to. There's so many things that get factored into that, you know, for each individual person beyond flavor. I mean, an easy one is like price point, right? Where, you know, someone will go out and buy like a Davidoff cigar for 20 or 30 bucks and think, you know, either it's the best thing they've ever had or it wasn't worth 20 or $30 and it, that'll skew your experience one way or the other. So I try not to look at price too much. I also really don't 
evaluate cigars based on how rare or easy to find they are because i mean that really shouldn't matter in how it tastes the things that i do really pay attention to and try to stay as uh non-biased as possible are um you know i start by looking at the construction and the appearance of the cigar in general uh you know just kind of evaluating how it looks from a wrapper um you know the quality of the roll uh you know you can tell a lot just about the level of craft that went into to making a cigar based on, you know, how it looks. For example, the cap on a cigar, is it just kind of like slapped on there like a bad toupee or is it, um, you know, kind of elegantly done and with some care? Uh, so construction is one of them. Uh, you know, I also really look at, uh, you know, just the smoking experience as a whole, not only the flavors, but, you know, is the draw good while you're smoking it? Um, you know, is the, is the burn constantly a problem where you're having to touch it up here or there? Uh, you know, uh, there's a lot of things that go into it just beyond the flavor. Okay, absolutely. So then out of all of those aspects of a cigar that you look at while you're reviewing it from construction to uh, maybe the sheen of the wrapper to the the, the taste, all, all of these things that you're looking at, the smoke output, uh, the draw, What's the single most important aspect of that that you look at when you're reviewing a cigar? Yeah, for a while, I think it was probably uh, I focused a lot on the individual flavors. And I think that that was not a good way to start uh, rating cigars. Um, instead, what I try to look at is how those flavors progress and how well they're balanced in the cigar. Um, so, you know, even if you don't appreciate the flavors themselves, you can, um, you can appreciate how they're balanced or if it's been a, a great progression of flavors from the start to the end of a cigar. So that's probably what I weight the highest. What, what, what's the, the aspect that you weight the least? The least is probably, um, the, the aesthetics of the cigar. So, I mean, sometimes you'll get a really gnarly looking rustic wrapper that would just turn a lot of people off and you know, the cigar might be great, but um, I, I don't really rate them too highly based on the, the appearance of the cigar. All right. So when you're, when you review a cigar, do you break it down into the, like the first third, the second third, and then the, the last third? Yeah, usually. Okay. I, that's, I seem to find that's typically how reviewers do it, but you and I, we smoked a cigar. We smoked the same cigar and we said we were going to review it today for mm -hmm. our listeners. Yep. Uh, so, uh, we smoked the Tabernacle Havana seed, uh, uh, Corona. Is that correct? Is that the one you smoked? Yeah. Okay. So why don't we, why don't we go through this review and I just want to see how mine matches up to yours. Sure. Okay. So what was the first thing you looked at then when you picked this cigar up? So, uh, one of the things that I looked at first, uh, isn't really, about the cigar necessarily, but I try to do a lot of research into it and find out, you know, as much information as I possibly can about the cigar. Um, so, uh, the foundation, um, of aniseed was really unique in that it was a, uh, uh, cool development that, uh, Nick Malilo did in the Connecticut river Valley, uh, based on some, Cuban seeds that were brought over in the late 1800s that they've just kind of experimented and honed to get this plant, this specific tobacco plant that Nick wanted to grow out there. And uh, so this is the result, which 
um, you know, I, I feel like by reading up on the cigars, you really get a better appreciation of what it is you're smoking beyond just the flavor of it or how it looks or whatever. No, that's a good point. This isn't, this isn't like smoking a cigarette where they're all mass produced. These are for the most part, handmade premium tobacco. There's a lot of care and thought that goes into it. And I feel like even as cigar smokers as a whole, we kind of forget about that. We, we pick up a cigar and we just, we light it, we enjoy it for what it is, but we don't really put the thought into it about where it came from and appreciate exactly how much effort went into bringing us this product. Right. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, that's not to say that you have to sit down and, you know, write a book report for every cigar you smoke, but there's certainly a time and a place to just sit back, relax and enjoy a cigar. But when I review one, I definitely try to try to learn as much as I can about the history of it. All right. So what was the next, what was the next thing you did? Okay. So the next thing I did was just kind of look at the overall uh, construction of it. So, um, you know, the first thing I look at is the same thing that everybody looks at, whether you review cigars or not, is just the wrapper. Um, so this, uh, this one has, you know, just a really nice dark brown wrapper, uh, lots of oil to it, um, a little bit of tooth, some super light veining. Uh, you know, it was, it, to me, it's a beautiful looking cigar. It, yeah, mine was too. It was a, a nice dark wrapper, had a nice sheen to it. It was a little veiny. There was one vein where it, it seemed to be more pronounced than the others. Right. But, yeah. but for the most part, uh, it, it you're right. It's a beautiful looking cigar. Now you you use the word tooth. Mm-hmm. What do you what do you mean by that? It's just like um, if you look really closely at a cigar, just kind of the little bumps that are on it. I guess is the best way I can put it. Once you've looked at the cigar, you've looked it over, what's next? Uh, so I do uh, just kind of a, a light inspection of it, I guess, for lack of a better word, where you just kind of feel up and down the cigar. To, you know, sometimes you'll find that somewhere in the cigar, there's, you know, it feels like someone rolled a rock into it or, you know, just the opposite is worse, where it's like super squishy in the middle. Um, but for this one, for the Havana um, seed, it, it felt great. I mean, it. To me, a good cigar should feel, um, it should just have just a, a little bit of give to it, but you don't want it to be squishy. Yeah. If it's too squishy, it, it does, does that mean something? Does that mean that there that it was underfilled perhaps or rolled incorrectly? Yeah. I don't, I don't know, uh, necessarily. I mean, that's always been my assumption, but, um, to me, it, it more so it just is indicative that you're going to have probably some burn issues along the way. Because it's not going to burn evenly if it's not rolled evenly. So is it a, a humidity issue as well? How much moisture is actually in the cigar? Yeah, I think that could definitely be it. Okay. So then what was next? Once once you've looked, because I did the same thing. I typically try to do that and there was a nice give to it. It wasn't overly squishy. It wasn't rock hard. It was somewhere in the middle, which is typically where I find most of them. Uh, so what's what was next? Okay, so next um, I kind of just... I look at a few different things. Um, you know, I look at the cap, like I kind of mentioned before, to see, you know, the level of detail with which the cap is applied. You know, a lot of times a, a cigar cap is just, you know, you gloss over it as you snip it away and don't look twice at it. Um, but, 
you know, you can tell if the cigar was evenly rolled based on how the shoulders fall into the cigar. You can um, just kind of tell if the roller was, you know, having a good day or a bad day sometimes <laughs> based on, you know, how much glue is there, how, you know, like I said, sometimes they look like a bad toupee and other times you wouldn't even know that the cap is a different leaf. Uh, so I, I don't typically look at that. Now, I will notice if there's a lot of glue for sure. sure. But if there's not a lot of glue, if that doesn't catch my – I'm typically not looking for that. Is that something that uh, you should look for every time or just when you're wanting to really dig into a cigar? No, I think probably just when you're really trying to pay attention to the details of it. It's it's definitely not something that uh, you know I look at every time I, I snip one up. All right. So then what was next? Um, so then I look at the foot. The, the foot of the cigar is kind of the least interesting part. Uh, <laughs> you can get a little bit of information from it, but there's really not a lot you're going to get visually, uh, in my opinion. You know, you can see the diversity of the tobacco based on the, you know, the gradient of the, the coloring in it. Um, sometimes you can get a sense for uh, the uniformity of it based on... Um, you know, if there's big gaps or you see like big sticks sticking out of it or anything. And then uh, mostly what you're going to get out of it is the aroma. All right. So you're smell, are you smelling the foot then? Yep, absolutely. Okay. Now do you do this? Cause this is, this is interesting to me because I've, I've seen a lot of people, especially at like a cigar lounge where they'll pull out their cigar, they're going to smoke and they'll sniff it up and down. And then some folks will just take it, have a quick whiff, and then light, you know, or, and others just don't even, they won't even smell it. So what's the right thing to do for when you're reviewing and then when you're just wanting to have a cigar? Sure. So I think for a lot of people that, that aspect of smelling a cigar is just, it's something that's ingrained into us. You see it all the time and TV or movies or, um, you know, just other people at your lounge, you know, they'll smell a cigar and they smell good. I mean, if you smoke cigars, you probably like how they smell, and, uh, you know, that's great. But if you're reviewing a cigar, what you're really trying to do is get kind of a sense of what might be in store in terms of flavor. Um, so, like, on this uh, Havana seed, it was pretty um, – there was a, a light aroma to it. I, I thought it smelled kind of airy um, and had just kind of a unique, like, floral aspect to it. But uh, – you know, all the time you'll find that cigars don't taste how they smell. So it's not really, um, not really going to help you out in picking a cigar in my opinion. Now, is that impacted how they smell? Is that impacted from how they've been stored or where they've been stored? So for example, if you're storing yours in a Tupperware container that has no cedar in it, no Spanish cedar, is it going to uh, smell different than if you're storing it in a wooden humidor that ha it's lined with Spanish cedar? Yeah, absolutely. I would, I would agree with that. And there's, I mean, there's also a school of thought too, where if you keep your cigars in the cellophane versus uh, taking them out, that the if you keep it in the cellophane, it preserves the aroma a little bit more. Whereas if you take it out, it's gonna kind of mingle with the other uh, aromas in your humidor. So I mean, there's a there's a whole whole lot to it. I think that's above my pay grade, but <laughs> where where do you land? Where do you land on that? Because I I've heard the same things that. Uh, you should let them mingle. You should take the, the cellophane off and let them all kind of just mix together. Other folks say, no, leave the cellophane on. I'm not convinced that it makes that big of a difference, especially with as quickly as some of us smoke through uh, our stash. 
so what, where do you land on this, Mike? For me, uh, you know, I think honestly, you could do a whole separate show based on whether people do or don't <laughs> leave their cellophane on. But uh, for me, it's purely a visual thing. I like looking at my cigars. I don't like looking at the cellophane. So I uh, take them all out. So when you buy, when you get a box, let's say you buy a box of, of cigars, you, you get them, you open the box, you take them all out of the cellophane if they're in cellophane, and then you gently put them back in the box. <laughs> no, you caught me on that one. Okay. If, it, if it's a box, I usually just leave it alone. Well, but, but once s- I've smoked through enough of the box that it goes into the, uh, the general population, <laughs> yep, I take the cellophane off. All right. I just wanted to make sure that I wasn't alone there because I don't do that. I'll leave them. If I have a box, I'll leave them in the cellophane. But if I'm putting them in the drawer in my wine door uh, or in a, uh, one of the Tupper doors, uh, then yeah, I'll, I'll take it out of cellophane. So yeah, absolutely. All right. So one, once you've done it, what's the next step when you're reviewing the cigar? Oh yeah. So once you, you know, once you've looked at, you know, how it looks, the wrapper, the, the foot, the cap, you felt how firm or not firm it is. Um, really you've done everything you can to evaluate a cigar without smoking it. So uh, the next thing to do is just kind of clip the tip off um, and uh, test out the draw, see what those initial um, cold draw flavors might be. When you're reviewing a cigar, is there a a specific type of cut you like as opposed to maybe when you're not reviewing a cigar? You know, I was um, pretty married to the straight cut for a long time, and uh, then... Almost by accident, I, I bought a, a V-cut uh, cutter, and I've never gone back. It's um, To me, the V-cut is the way to go. All right. So for you, it's the V-cut. I actually used the punch this time. All right. You're not a big fan of the punch? Well, I just I have only done it maybe once or twice, but uh, to, for, for me, most of the time, it's either a V-cut or a straight cut. I found that when I do a straight... I love the V-cut, but... I, I don't typically take the V cutter out with me. Right. Uh, it's bulky. Right. It's bigger. It's bulkier. Uh, so I, I tend to do the the punch. I, I used to do straight cuts, but the straight cut I found as a newer cigar smoker that I was, sometimes I would clip the head a little bit or the shoulder and it would start to unravel on me. And so the punch yeah, I, keeps me honest. Yeah, exactly. The punch is good for that. And then also, I mean, the V cut's a little hard to cut too deep. Um, but uh, I always heard a good trick with a, uh, a straight cut is to put the cutter flat on a table, stand your cigar perpendicular to that, and then you won't cut off too much. I've heard that. I've, I've actually done that a few times. It works. It, that works pretty well. Yeah. All right. So, so you've cut it. Is this when you do the, the cold draw now or do you inspect the cut first? Like what's next? No, I, I don't really inspect the cut too much because, uh, you know, there's not much to really gather there. Um, you know, unless in some cases you cut a cigar and it just blows the whole cap off, you know, every so often. But um, for the most part, just looking at the cold draw. So I test out the resistance, you know, you just kind of breathe some of it in before uh, before it's lit or anything. See, you know, is it does it seem plugged or just way too open? Um, obviously, the the thing most people are looking for is like a milkshake consistency. So uh, just that same consistency is trying to drink a milkshake through a straw. Uh, and then you can also um, pick up on some of the, uh, the flavors that may be present. Um, so for, uh, for this cigar from, 
foundation, we, or I, uh, I got a little like subtle sweetness to it and, um, mostly like woody tones. That's ex- wow. That's exactly what I got. I I'm, I'm a little impressed that I got the same thing you did. <laughs> I, I, I said that I got just a hint of sweetness and maybe a bit of wood. Right. I couldn't tell what wood and I couldn't even tell what the sweetness was. I'm, uh, I never can really tell which wood I'm, I'm detecting, you know, to me, it's just like a, a woody taste unless it's cedar. Cedar is really distinct, but you know, you see all the time people say like, Oh, this tastes like charred Oak or charred Hickory. And I'm like, <laughs> how can you tell the difference? You know? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I certainly can't. So what was, what was the next thing? So I'm assuming you toasted the foot next. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Just a little toast. And uh, then, you know, you go about lighting the cigar. Um, when I, when I light it up, I do a few things. So one, I just kind of look at how easy it is to light. Um, you know, I don't really give too much weight to that, but it is important to note, you know, some cigars are just like a snap to, to light up, you know, you put a little flame to it and it's lit evenly and perfectly. Other ones are, uh, more just, you know, take a little bit more work. Like this one, for example, took a little bit of work just because of the, uh, the oil that is in the leaf. I think didn't, it didn't want to light evenly or well. Um, but then I look at, uh, you know, just how's that initial burn line looking? And then also, uh, you know, you get a little more information about the draw on it, as well as some like early flavor uh, aspects. Yeah, no, this one lit pretty well for me right off the bat. I didn't have to sit there and try to get it lit. Uh, so I'm, I wonder if, it, if that's a construction issue or if that's just uh, how it was stored issue. Maybe mine was a little drier. Yeah, it could be, or, uh, you know, for, for one of the cigars I smoked for this review, I used, um, and the one that I had the issues with was a single torch, but now that I think about it with the triple torch, it wasn't a problem at all. So that could have yeah. just been a flame disbursement issue. I was going to say, I used a triple, I used a triple torch. So that was probably, that would probably be it. So, okay. So what was the first, you, you do the initial draw, it's lit. What are the first flavors you pick up on? Okay, so for this one, um, well, the first thing I noticed was uh, like a lack of uh, that peppery harshness that you get on some cigars when you light them up right away. Um, and uh, for this one, it was uh, a little bit of cream. It was soft and, uh, you know, just kind of like a good like nut flavor. I, I picked up a little bit of pepper. There was like an underlying almost... It wasn't like a, a black pepper. It was like a red or green pepper. Uh, so when you're doing this, I mean, we've talked about the subjectiveness of it, right? Like, so right. are we tasting the same things and I'm interpreting it differently than you are? Or how does that work, do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think that it's everyone's flavor palette is different, right? So uh, this cigar is actually a really good example. If you go out there and you read you know, a handful of reviews on it. It was really pretty interesting because all the reviewers tended to have different experiences, it seemed. Um, so it just kind of goes to show that you're the only one that can really tell what you're tasting. There you go. So then what's what's the next thing you're looking at while you're smoking this cigar? You're in the first third, you've had a couple of draws. What's the next thing you're looking at? Um, so at this point, it's really just, uh, you know, it, 
each third, I tend to kind of evaluate how the draw has been, the burn, and, you know, just kind of, like, generally note what the ash is like. Is it real flaky or kind of a firmer ash? Um, and then uh, at each third as well, I mean, the most impactful thing to the review is going to be how it um, tastes. So what were you tasting with this cigar? Uh, so with the first third, um, I kind of just was... I noticed that it had a really good, rich creaminess to it, um, and uh, it kind of left like a really nice, uh, this is one of those really like ethereal terms, but a, a good mouthfeel to it, right? Where it just left your mouthfeel kind of like um, soft and creamy, I guess. Uh, and then the other, oh, yeah, I know, right? The other flavors are, uh, you know, I got a little bit of uh, woodiness, some nut. And uh, then, yeah, I mean, as I got into it, I did notice that there was like just a little peppery like bite at the back of your throat. Yeah, well, but it wasn't overpowering. It was it was just there in the background a little bit. Right. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't anything. Uh, not a pepper bomb for sure. No. Uh, so my ash, I noticed it was it was stacked tight. I mean, it looked like a stack of nickels, dimes, whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, yep. There, it was white, but there were some black spots in it. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't uh, super white like some, and it wasn't completely dark like others. Yeah, I mean, I think mine was uh, basically the same. It, um, you know, just mostly white, kind of soft gray color with, uh, yeah, those black striations through it. But, so, I mean, to me, the ash is, uh, you know, it's, it's a direct reflection of the, the soil and the conditions that cigar leaves were grown in um so there's not a ton to get out of it outside of kind of how it, it affects the experience you know whether you know you got to watch your lap every five seconds because it's ashing all <laughs> over the place or you know is it one of those where you're gonna take your instagram picture of the five and a half inch long ash that is coming off right so let me let me ask you this because you, you brought up the experience as I'm in the first third, somebody in the neighborhood started grilling burgers. Right. How does that impact? So what you're smelling in the environment, mm -hmm. how does that impact, you know, your review? How do you try to mitigate that when you're really trying to figure out what it is you're smoking and you're paying super attention to it and you're wanting to really try to get the nuances of it, or you're reviewing a cigar? Uh, how do you mitigate that? And then what effect does it have on you if, that does happen that these outside smells are coming in. I mean, it's totally true. You got to really pay attention to your environment. So, um, you know, I, for my cigar reviews, I'm, it, I'm not as good as I should be about making sure that I'm drinking just, you know, like tap water or soda water or something along those lines. I like to have some coffee with my cigars, but I also try to be aware of it, you know? And so if I notice that a, uh, a cigar is, you know, tasting, really you know heavily of coffee notes and i'm drinking a coffee then you know you can put two and two together and maybe decide that the next one you smoke should should be with some water but uh so one way to mitigate that would just be to um uh smoke the cigar under a variety of conditions so for most cigars i review unless it's something like super rare or hard to find i'll smoke two to three cigars um you know all in different circumstances i don't chain smoke them i'll smoke one one day one another morning and then one at night the next day just to kind of compare my notes across the board and uh 
you know, make sure that what I'm tasting wasn't a one-off experience or, uh, you know, directly impacted by someone grilling burgers next door. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. So you're through the first third now. You're into the second third of, of this foundation, Tabernacle Havana Seed. What are you tasting? Does it change for you? For me in the second third, uh, it really got pretty interesting. Um, I noticed like a lot of like doughy quality to it. Um, and the thing I compared it to the most was kind of like a, like a soft everything bagel. Because it had like that dough aspect to it. But then it also had like, um, you know, a lot of like spice cabinet stuff going on. Like a little bit of pepper. Um, you know, just kind of like I couldn't put my finger on it. But there were a lot of lot of spicy qualities going on in there. Not spicy like hot. Just, you know, and not spicy like baking spices. Just um, more like the savory spices, I would say. Uh, yeah. Then there was also like a... Uh, um, like a mustiness that kind of came into it at this point. And I noticed a lot of people kind of picked up on that in, in their reviews as well. Um, but I mean, to me, like mustiness isn't really something you taste. It's like an experience, you know, like <laughs> being out in the woods or you're in a, in an old basement or a cellar or something. So that's kind of like, you know, when you breathe in and there's that like damp, earthy kind of minerally air, that's what I got out of it. Yeah, I think I tasted that as grass. I think that's I was I was like, is this is this grass or hay that I'm tasting? But you're right, it is a damp, musty kind of experience. Yeah, absolutely. And then uh, towards the end of the that third, I also really got like a lot of coffee flavor and um, like some salted peanut going on. And I mean, it was is a complicated third, I guess. I, I I want to agree with you, but I can't because. I, I I totally missed it. I, the burn on mine got so wonky. I had to touch it up several times. Uh, it, one side was burning a little bit faster than the other. And then one side went out completely. Uh, how often does that happen to you? And then does that, I mean, certainly that goes to construction. Well, how does that impact the review? How does that, how does that, uh, uh, make you look on that cigar obviously I'm, I'm i'm going to guess it's unfavorably but does that impact your overall score like so much that if the cigar flavor is outstanding is that is that going to knock this down for you quite a bit uh i think it just kind of varies um you know i've had some cigars that uh yeah the burn just won't behave the whole time and if that's something that's consistent across all of them that i smoke then yeah i'm gonna ding it pretty pretty heavily for that but you know sometimes you know you just get a bad cigar like anything else you know <laughs> one one might you know just you know have been rolled improperly or uh you know the roller was hung over that morning or something and it just doesn't doesn't behave the way you want it to um there's been times where i've had you know, like a good example of this is I did a review for uh, the uh, Davidoff Celestion uh, 702, which I know is a great cigar. I've smoked like a bunch of them and then said, all right, you know, I'm, I'm going to review this one, you know, finally put some time and effort into it. And the one that I started with the smoke was just, I mean, the burn was horrible on it to where it was canoeing. And like you said, like one side was lit, the other wasn't. I mean, it was just a horrible experience. 
Um, but then I, you know, got another one and did that one. And, uh, you know, I, I definitely didn't let him let the cigar off the hook for the performance of the first one, but I also didn't, I wasn't as critical as I would have been just because the second one behaved so well, you know, if that makes any sense. No, it does. So how many cigars then do you typically review when you're reviewing a cigar? How many, how many do you smoke for the review? I guess I should say. Yeah. So, uh, it just kind of depends on, um, uh, the cigar itself. So something like this, like, uh, the foundations, um, tabernacle Havana seed is pretty easy to get. And, you know, the price point is, uh, you know, pretty easy to buy a handful of them at a time. And, um, so for this one, uh, I smoked three, um, other cigars like, you know, that Davidoff where it's, I think like a 25 or $30 cigar. Um, I smoked two. Um, and then there's other stuff that, uh, you know, you just might only ever be able to get one of them. So like I reviewed a, uh, one of the original release black honeys and I was lucky to get one of those. So, you know, it just kind of depends on the situation and the cigar. Oh, that makes sense. So then let's talk about the last third. Uh, for, for me, the last third, the burn line became steady. I didn't have any, any issues in the last third, which again made me suspect that the burn issues I had in the second third were construction uh, related. Uh, and what were you tasting then in that, in that last third? So in the last third, I picked up a... Um kind of a shift in the cigar's flavor profile uh, to where, you know, it still had that creaminess, some wood and nut, uh, but it also seemed to pull back in like some of that initial sweetness that was in the uh, first third of the cigar. And so I kind of equated that sweetness to like a, uh, like a dark uh, cherry or plum almost. And this is where it gets kind of tricky because you know, people hear that and they think like, oh, it's going to taste like a cherry. But it's really just like, um, you know, a hint of that flavor, I would say. Uh, I, I also got um, some good floral qualities as well as, um, you know, just a continuation of, of the wood. But this time, as opposed to being kind of like a raw wood, it was more like a charred, smoky, woody flavor. Yeah, it becomes a, a little bit stronger in that last third, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a little more prevalent. Yeah, absolutely. So, how would you rate this cigar? This this Foundation Tabernacle Havana Seed. This is actually the second one of these that I've smoked. I really enjoyed it, even with the wonky burn line. Uh, it's it's up there in in one of the ones that I, I would really like to to get more of. I think I've got one or two left. So, where do you, where does this rate for you, Mike? So for me, I mean, I've spent. Oh, a long time kind of like honing my rating system. Um, and I feel like it works pretty well. Uh, for me, I rated it an 8.8, um, which, you know, is, is to me a really good cigar. Out of 10, right? Eight, so this is out of 10. So this is a really good cigar. So if you were looking at maybe another rating scale, I think a lot of people do, or not a lot, but some of the larger ones do out of a hundred. What made you do the 10? So, for me, it's, I mean, it's, you can look at it as an 8.8 .8 or an 88, you know, whichever way you want to look at it. But um, I think 10 was just kind of um, a way to make it feel a little more like finite, I guess, or like there were fewer options. 
I uh, I initially when I when I first started reviewing cigars, I just reviewed them uh, like a zero through five, and it was a hundred percent subjective. It, it wasn't based on any kind of science, uh, you know, or any kind of anything. It was just you know at the end of the cigar, what did I give it? I gave it a three and a half, and then. As I got a little more serious about it, I realized, like, that's not a very good way of doing it. Because <laughs> there's no way to really back up or validate that number. Um, and so what I did is I, I went through and I categorized each aspect of, of the cigar. And um, just kind of gave each one uh, a way of being weighted into the final rating of the cigar. How long did it take you to come up with this this uh, process that you have? It, it was a lot of uh, just kind of experimenting around with what works best and, you know, what works best for me specifically. Because, you know, everybody does it a little bit differently. You know, half wheel just kind of gives it a zero to a hundred, but they don't really give you any any sense of where that number comes from except for the reviewers out of the reviewers head they don't back it up with uh any sort of uh background information the best um i mean best or depending on your opinion uh guys that do it are over at developing palettes um they have a really complicated uh system of math and i think you need like a mathematics degree to understand how they (laughs) develop their rating system but, uh, you know, mine's kind of in the middle. I don't want to make it so uh, arduous to get through that I can't really, um, you know, justify it if someone asks me, like, oh, hey, like, why'd you give it this? Uh, but I also wanted it to not feel as subjective as some sites that just say, oh, it's a 93. Right. Like, it, just an arbitrary number that they pulled out of the air. Yeah, and I mean, I really struggled with it because... When I was doing them just one through five, you know, that was an easy way to do it. But I would give a cigar like a, you know, a 4.5 or something or a four. And then in my head, I was constantly trying to battle with that notion of like, well, you know, okay, I just smoked this other really, really good cigar. How can I tell if it was actually better numerically than the one I just smoked, Um, you know, to justify giving it a five or how can I tell if this one was really like that much worse than the other one to give it a three? So, I mean, it's the way that I do it now, it's um, I kind of chunk it into various categories and then it calculates for me, which makes it makes it less uh, mental stress on me. Well, there you go. Mike from burn1.net. Go check out his, his reviews over there. You can also catch him at simplystogies.club, one of the moderators there. Uh, I really appreciate you taking the time to come on here. Uh, and tell my listeners just a little bit about your process. Um, how subjective, just overall, do you think cigar smoking is in reviewing cigars? Like on a scale, if you were going to give it a scale of one to ten, how subjective is it? Is it like a, a, a five or a six? Is that would you say that's fair, or would you go higher or lower? Um, you where ten is very subjective. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I'd be right up there with a, a eight or a nine. I think <laughs> everybody's experience is different, and uh, you know, I never try to promote you know a cigar I review is you know this is the way it is. You know, you're guaranteed to taste these things, or it's guaranteed. You know, if I give it a, a perfect rating, you know, 
my perfect is going to be different than somebody else's perfect. And that's the way it is, you know, across the board for all, all cigar reviewers. Um, so, I mean, just always read those reviews with a grain of salt and, and definitely make sure that you're thinking about it independently. Nice. That's good advice. Read the reviews, but, but think independently about them. I like that, Mike. Uh, Mike, thank you so much for joining me today. Today is your birthday. Happy birthday, Mike. Thank you so much for taking the time out on this very special day to talk to me about cigars. I can't thank you enough. Absolutely. Thank you. And that will do it for us here at Simply Stogies. Next episode, it'll be a very special episode. It'll be a bonus episode, just like the previous one, uh, where I will be on location somewhere talking to someone. You'll have to stay tuned to find out. Until then, stay smoky, friends. Thank you for listening to Simply Stogies. Please rate and review Simply Stogies on iTunes. You can follow James on his cigar journey on Instagram at Simply Stogies Podcast, all one word, and on Twitter at the Twitter handle at Simply Stogies. If you have a question or a suggestion for James, please drop him an email at simplystogiespodcast at eargluemedia.com. The views and opinions expressed by James and his guests are their own and do not reflect those of Ear Blue Media or their affiliates.